Jesus, Jesus, thank you so much, dear Lord, for being here already and just speaking to our hearts. And God, we ask as we open your word that you would bless it, that your spirit would come and speak, that you yourself, Lord, would be here in our midst and we would feel you in a strong way. That already as you use these songs and this time of your people worshiping God to bring us into your throne room, now, God, we want to hear from you even more clearly through your word. So, God, bless your word, anoint it with your Holy Spirit, and I ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Hey, I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, What's on your bucket list? Yeah, you ever thought about that? You know, those lists of things that you want to do before you die, before you go to heaven, right? Some people have put on their list, like, maybe take a trip to Europe. Or maybe see the Aurora Borealis. I'd like to see that one day, the Northern Lights. I have a friend who got a chance to see that, and I saw pictures he took, but it's not the same, right? So you think, oh, one day I would love to see that. Maybe on your bucket list it is to jump out of an airplane and go skydiving. That's not on mine. I'm sorry about that. Maybe it's bungee jumping. Yeah, there's, there's all kinds of things that we may put in our bucket list, right? Uh, others have put different kind of things. I came across this that some people uh, have on their bucket list like to only speak in song lyrics for one day. Can you imagine that? I don't know if I, my brain can even come up with all that. Anyway, someone else said, oh, throw water balloons at strangers. I thought that was a funny one. Another different one was play hide and, play hide and seek at a furniture store. I thought, don't tell the kids that. They would do, actually do that. But that actually sounds fun, <laughs> you know, doing something like that. I read about one 19-year-old who checked one item off her bucket list after she was arrested in Florida. She purposely drove recklessly and didn't stop when the police tried to pull her over. When they finally caught up to her at a three-way intersection, she told the officer that getting arrested was on her bucket list since high school. I think that's a crazy one. Too, too far there. What things... Though, do people resolve, right, to do before their time is up, yeah? Maybe, you know, what you're working on, you resolve to do that. You resolve, yeah, I want to get this done in my life before I die. But what about this question? What if you only had 24 hours to live and you knew that? How would you live your life then, right? Think about that. Or let me put it this way. If you knew Jesus Christ was coming later today, how would you live your life right now? How would you live differently? What would you do? How would you respond to knowing that information? Well, as we continue in our study in the book of Revelation, God is calling us to focus in on that. And today, especially in in our passage, knowing all that we had learned right here in the book of Revelation, we're coming to the end of our study here of this book, knowing all that we learned in this book, it should affect, right, what we want to accomplish in this life. I mean, not just our bucket list, but who we are to be. Well, how we are to live, how we're to, to, to live for God. It should affect 
exactly that, how every day we should live our lives. This should be the resolved response. And that's the title of our, our message. We actually come to part two this morning. Last week we did part one. And now for part two, the resolve response, we're going to be looking at Revelation chapter 22 from verse 10 through 12. From verse 10 through 12. Now, last week, we went over verses 6 through 9 in part 1 of the Resolve Response. And you remember our outline for part 1 was number 1 was keep the faith. Number 2 is keep the word. Number 3 was keep the worship. Remember, keep the faith. Remember, because everything that God gave here, right, in this book, the angel is telling John that it's trustworthy and true, that, that you can see what we study here, it will come to pass. So we are to keep the faith. We are to keep going because it's going to happen as what was written here in the book of Revelation. We also learn to keep the word for to respond to what's coming to the in this future by living for God today as I've been talking about. Being obedient to what His word is telling us to do. Being obedient to God's will in our lives. And lastly, we saw the last time in part one was keep the worship. Because a true understanding of revelation should bring you to what? Respond in worship, right? I went over so many times we found in this book that all of heaven is, is just falling on their faces and worshiping God. So everything we're learning here about God and the future should cause us to keep the worship, worship, yeah? Keep true worship. Keep Jesus the center of our worship. Well, we've seen keep the faith, keep the word, keep the worship, but now we go on to part two, and this is our outline for today, for, for the rest of the verses in this section, verses 10 through 12, and this is our outline. Number four is keep sharing Jesus, and number five is keep serving Jesus. So that's what we are going to see today, and that's basically our points in this passage, in the rest of this section from verse 10 through 12. So let's begin here. Number four in our outline, continuing on from last week, keep sharing Jesus. And we're going to be covering verses 10 through 12 here in this section. But first of all, if you can take your Bibles out, and if you can look at Luke chapter 2, look at verse 10, first of all. Verse 10, or if you have your phones and all, you can look at uh, verse 10. And it says here, And he said to me, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Now we're going to stop there. We begin here with John now. He, he's continuing to write what he, the angel, is telling him right now. And he adds this now, do not seal up. Now, do not seal. The word seal, it, it means to, to basically uh, keep it close. So the angel's telling John, don't keep this book close. Don't keep what's inside of this book bottled up. That, that's what it means. Don't basically, uh, don't uh, keep it like away from everyone so, so no one can learn what's inside of this book. Uh, don't keep anyone from hearing what's written in this book. The book what? Of prophecy. The words of the prophecy of this book. And what is that? The book of Revelation, right? So the book of Revelation 
needs to be heard. It needs to be learned. And why is that? Well, the angel says here in verse 10, for the time is near. What does that mean? Well, the time of the end is, is near. It, it, it could happen at any moment. It's coming soon. It's, we're approaching the, the great part of this book is the return of Jesus Christ and he brings in the millennium and then heaven off of, after that. That, all the end time events that are going to happen and then Jesus coming, it's very near. So people need to read the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation needs to be heard. It needs to be learned. It, it, it needs to be opened, not sealed up. It's interesting, at the end of the book of Daniel, he was instructed to seal up the book of Daniel. In other words, you know, the full understanding of the prophecy that Daniel wrote, it, it's going to be for a different time. And I believe he was asked to keep it sealed because it was going to be for the time of the end. And if you remember several years ago when we studied the book of Daniel, we, we were amazed, weren't we, to see how history happened exactly the way it was prophesied. And, and that was amazing to me. And then with the future prophecies that haven't happened yet in our future, because his, the way history happened, history helped understand what the future was going to be. And that, that's kind of just a basic thing in understanding the book of Daniel. And so today, I believe it's, it's unsealed for our time that we can understand more of what is going to happen in this world. As history, the history of world kingdoms were prophesied, how it is unfolded as we look back, and that very last one, that's going to happen. We know it's going to happen because the other ones already happened. And so it helps us to understand what's going to happen in the future. And so today, I believe the book of Daniel is unsealed. Well, as we get into Revelation, or as we have through all this I forget now, a year or so, right? You know what? God's been showing us what the future is like. And so at the end of the book of Revelation, the angel instructs John that exactly the opposite. You know, open it up. Uh, do not seal it. Uh, it needs to be heard and learned. And so this book gives us an understanding of the end times. So, you see, it's important that we not only study this book, book but it has to be open which means we also need to share the message of this book with others it's not only for us we don't just keep it to ourselves no we're we're to unseal it and don't seal it i heard a, a a friend of mine uh saying that when he was growing up um and this was before he was a christian he he went to a church he kind of grew up in this church but he really didn't come of faith and um he heard some friends, they, they were going to Calvary Chapel, and they were studying the book of Revelation. He, he went to his church and said, hey, we should study the book of Revelation. We should learn that. And you know what? The elders told him, we, no, we're not going to do that because we can't understand it. We can't know it, so we're not going to teach it. But is that true? No, I think God in our day and age has helped us through the Holy Spirit to understand what Revelation is about. Now, sure, part, some parts of what we study were hard to understand and interpret, and I mentioned those things along the way. But I would say 
that there was way more of what we understood than what we didn't understand, right? And so God is saying, hey, don't seal it up. We got to learn it. We got to study it, which really means that we need to share it also. Plus, Jesus told us to read it, right? Uh, uh, Turn over to Revelation chapter 1. Go over to Revelation chapter 1 and look at at verse 3. Revelation 1, verse 3. Here um, we see that God is speaking and, and, and this book comes with a blessing. If you remember when we started this whole study here in this book, Verse 3, it says, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. So God even encourages us to learn it, to read it, to study it. And when we do, we will be blessed, he says. We will be blessed, those who hear these words. So we're blessed just by reading it, just by hearing God's words in this book. And of course, I like keeping it once again, keeping the word there. So when we go back to Revelation 22, understand now in verse 10, when the angel saying, don't seal up the words of the prophecy of the book of Revelation, because it's coming soon. The end time events, Jesus Christ, the millennium, heaven after that, the final heaven, It's going to come very soon. It is near. So with that in mind, we need to keep sharing Jesus and the message that this world will end with Jesus' soon return. Do you understand that? If we don't share it, it's like we're sealing the book up. It's like we're going against what God is asking us to do. No, it needs to be heard. It needs to be learned. So we need to keep sharing Jesus And the message that this world will end with Jesus' return soon. This world as we know it. And I'll tell you, we are are in the moment now, I believe. We're right here at the edge of all of the end time events that we have studied here in the book of Revelation to all happen. You know, I was reading a recent article. There was a a new record was set. It was actually last Thursday as 29,215 Jews uh, visited the Temple Mount. And this was uh, to this this year, just to to this time this year. Uh, And and that was the most Jews, I mean, that visited this this year, that number since the the liberation of the Six-Day War in one year. And we're already, we're still in the middle of the year. And so... I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but if you or uh, times past that, if you if you follow the news, there's been a lot of there's been a movement of Jews going to the Temple Mount. They they're yearning to worship there. They're yearning to to bring their implements. They're yearning to 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 really um, go to God and meet Him there. Now this record that was broken. It comes really in the time when the Jews are limited to what they can do there. They cannot. They cannot pray up there. They're not allowed. It's, it's all because of that Dome of the Rock Mosque. The Muslim temple is up there and there's a law because Israel knows it's going to just create this huge war, right? Huge conflict, rioting, everything. Now the Muslims could go freely worship there. Their temple is up there. 
But there's this yearning more than ever, as you can see, uh, in the heart of the Jewish people to go and worship God on the Temple Mount. And there's been clashes, small kind, happening, and a lot of talk of that going on. Well, didn't we learn in the book of Revelation that before Jesus returns, they're going to come the Antichrist, right? Revelation 6, the first seal is opened up. And who will appear on the scene? This man, what? Making peace, riding on that white horse. And who is that? We learned that was the Antichrist. We, it, it coincides with what we learned in Daniel 9, that this, this man, the Antichrist, is going to make a treaty of peace. And what is that? Well, I think it's connected to Revelation 11 where John is measuring a rebuilt Jewish temple. There's no temple right now on the, on the mount, a Jewish temple. It was destroyed back in 70 AD, and there hasn't been since then. Yet in the book of Revelation, John is asked, John is asked to measure one. So most likely the Antichrist will come in as a political leader to broker a peace deal, I believe, with the Muslims and the Jews allowing to... Uh, allowing the Jews to rebuild the temple. So I see all of this starting to come together. The unrest in the Middle East is only setting the stage for this quote-unquote savior, the Antichrist, to come and to come upon the scene and to rise up and have answers for all the, the unrest and make peace and have all those solutions so the world will go, wow, you're the guy and he's going to rise up as the world leader, right? Of a one world government. So you see, the stage is being set up today. And God's word, it really does apply today. It really does show, whoa, things are coming to pass as God has spoken. And you know what? Those things are going to happen. And then the end time events are going to come. And then Jesus is going to return. So it's, so it's coming together. It's happening. So with this in mind, that the time is near, you guys keep sharing Jesus. Don't seal up this book. Keep sharing Jesus and the message that this world will end with Jesus' soon return. People must hear the message. The, the time is now, guys. The sad thing is, what I see lately is the church is getting more involved with hostility against government, establishment, rather than sharing the love of Jesus Christ. I think it's so sad. And I'm not saying there's not real issues to grapple with. I mean, we see some things coming out, right? Even right now with, with, with the laws on abortion and things like that. But I think it's important that even if we, 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 we uh, wrestle with these issues, right, that we still are sharing the love of Jesus Christ. I think really, I'm sorry to say, but the, the devil has misdirected so many people's minds and hearts, Christians especially. We think we know. We think, oh, yeah, we, we're right. But we're being misdirected and being played into his hands to bring division more than bringing people together in Jesus Christ. 
So we need to keep sharing Jesus in our message that this world will end and Jesus is soon returned. It's all, all really a, a, a part of all what's coming in with the stage being set. Well, take a look at verse 11 now. Let's go on here. It says, Let the evildoer still do evil, and the filthy still be filthy, and the righteous still do right, and the holy still be holy. We'll stop there. Now, this seems strange here. You know, if, if you're just reading this chapter, you're going, wait, what, what, what is this now? What, why is this here? Why is God talking about this here in verse 11? But you know what this is? This is a reality check. That's what I call it. It's a reality check of the response to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Those who reject the gospel basically will continue on in their wickedness. The evildoer, right, they'll still do evil. The filthy will still be filthy. See, if one does not hear the message of Jesus... If one does not believe in what Jesus has done and receive him into his heart, right? What are they going to do? They're going to continue on in their wickedness and they're going to face the judgment of God that is coming upon this world that will come upon those who do not believe in Jesus Christ. We learn here, right? At the end when he returns and where are they going to end up? In hell, in the lake of fire. This is the reality. They're going to continue on without Jesus Christ, without knowing. If they reject Christ, even hearing it, they're going to continue on in their weakness. But, verse 11 says, basically, and the righteous still do right, and the holy still be holy. Those who receive the message of salvation in Jesus, they've been made, what, righteous, right? We've been Uh, We've taken on the righteousness of Christ. He has made us right. Through the cross, through his blood, we are forgiven, and now we are made right with God, and Christ's righteousness is upon us. And because of that, we will continue to do what is right. They still do what is right. Uh, They they live this life for God. And um, the holy still be holy. God is sanctifying us, making us holy like him. And we become more godly as we grow in the Lord. And we will live for God. And you know what? We will not face the judgment that is coming upon the world. So do you understand? This is a reality check. There will be two responses to the gospel and the prophecies that are said here in the book of Revelation. You will either reject it or you will receive Jesus Christ in what's uh, uh, is, is put here and understand what's coming in the future. There's only two responses here. That's the reality. And then you'll either continue on in your sin or you'll be saved and you'll be a new creation and you'll be made right with God. And God will do that work. He will do that work in you to grow you in your sanctification. You know, turn over to another scripture and this is 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and, and here we see uh, Paul even writing that there's, there's really only two perspectives on this, on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, 1 Corinthians 1, 18, it says here, for the cross... For, I'm sorry, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. 
But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. You see, there's only really two views here, right? For the word of the cross, the gospel, is folly or foolishness to those who are perishing. Those who are headed for destruction. Those who are headed to the lake of hell. To them, all across, ah, it's nothing. Ah, it's foolishness. Ah, those Christians, ah, they're just all these, they're religionists and, ah, you know, kind of thing. But to us who are being saved, yeah, that sanctification, that process that is going through us, you know what? It is the power of God. It's in the cross that we're saved. It's in the cross that we're forgiven. It's in the cross that we're made new creations. It's in the cross that we are growing and, and in Jesus Christ and becoming more like Him. And so you see, there's really only two perspectives here. And you know what? Jesus does change lives. He does. He changes lives. But if you don't receive the message, if you don't receive Jesus, your life stays the same and you know what's going to end up? You're going to die one sinner. You're going to die a sinner. So here's the second thing I want you to see. Keep sharing Jesus for it can make the difference between life in God and death in sin. Do you see what's being presented here to us? As we end, we're ending the book of Revelation here and everything after all that we studied, all that we learned about our future and heaven and the end time events and all, it should motivate us. The reality is, you know what? You reject Jesus, you're going to just continue on in your sin and you'll die in your sin. But if you receive Jesus, your life will be changed, you'll be forgiven, you'll be made righteous and you will go and live with God in heaven. Do you see the angels presenting so it's so important to keep sharing Jesus for it can make the difference between life in God and death in sin you know uh, this week I was looking at some patches on my lawn uh, because remember those months we couldn't water yeah because the drought yeah and you, there was a fine if you water and we couldn't run well um uh, certain areas in our lawn, our grass died. It's just dead. And even after being able to water again, I mean, a, a lot of the grass came back to life, but some parts on the lawn are still dead. And sadly, I keep watching, but they're not com- it's not coming back. But, you know, I was looking at those patches, and I was thinking, wow. It made me think about how it is like, you know what, after, if you reject Jesus and you fully make that choice and, and you die in your sins, that's it. You're not coming back. There's not another chance. We learned even during the tribulation, didn't we, that, that most of the world is going to be caught up, right, in supporting the Antichrist. And, and, and they're going to be caught up. Oh, he's our leader. He's our savior. He, he's the one world leader. They're going to be all embracing the one world economy we saw. And the one world religion that he promotes. Everyone's going to be into that. And then when he flips it to worshiping him, we learn that most of the world is going to embrace that. They're going to love that. They're going to be worshiping the Antichrist, it's only the tribulation saints, those believers who come to faith at, during the tribulation that they're going to be fighting that. But the Antichrist, right, puts forth this, this decree, you got to worship me and take the mark or you can't buy or sell, you're going to die, right? It's, it's to get the Christians. It's to get the believers. 
It's to persecute them and have excuse to go kill them even. But most of the world is going to embrace the Antichrist, embrace really the power of Satan. They're going to be worshiping Satan, we learn. And so as we move into the tribulation times, people who rejected Jesus are, you know what, they're rolling that way already. And it's almost like they're, they're, they're done. There's no coming back. It almost seems that way. I'm sure there's some that will, but still the majority of the world is going to be going that direction. And when judgment falls and they die, they're going to die in their sins. So you understand with everything we learn here why it's so important to keep sharing Jesus. You can make a difference in a person's eternity. Do you understand it? You can make a difference in a person's future. The issue literally is life or death. Literally. Life in eternity with God or death. Death, dying in your sin. And to me, being cast in the lake of fire, that's death. That's dying, a dying that never ends. So keep sharing Jesus, for it can make the difference between life and God and death and sin. You see, before the end time events come, before it falls upon the world, we must keep sharing Jesus. And so understand this, if there ever was a time to share Jesus, It's right now. It's right now, you guys. The time is near. The day is near. And as I've been presenting to you guys so much in these past few years, things are building up. Things are coming together. We're living in a time never have we seen before. With Russia, this power invading Ukraine boldly. What's next? I think it's going to be Israel. With, with, with this unrest in the Middle East, with, with, with this whole globalism thought that everyone's embracing in the world. It's all being set up. And so right now, if there's ever a time to share Jesus, it's right now, you guys. It's today. And tomorrow, that's even going to be more important. And the day after that, it's going to even be more important to share Jesus. And the next month, it's going to even be more important to share Jesus. Why? Because with each passing day, the end is only coming closer, right? You might be saying, ah, yeah, Pastor, yeah, 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 share Jesus. You know, you know what? I'll do my part, and I'll support you, Pastor, in prayer. I'm no evangelist, yeah? Sometimes we throw that out. You know what I say to you? I, my heart, God was just pushing on my heart and saying, we cannot be like that. We cannot be shame anymore. we we got to learn how to step out and fulfill the great commission that Jesus gave the disciples and all of us as believers. If you're saying, oh, I'm no evangelist. Oh, yeah, uh, uh, the ministers can do that. You know what I say? Stop making excuses. Stop now. You know, I was impacted by a book years ago that I read, uh, and it's called From Jerusalem to Irian Jaya. And it actually chronicled missions from the apostle days, from the book of Acts, all the way throughout uh, history into the modern days. But you know what really impacted me? I mean, I love missionary stories anyway, but what really impacted me was how the early believers in the book of Acts, you know, they considered 
every one of them, every Christian, to be a missionary. A missionary, right? To go out for Jesus. That, that's what it is. We think missionary, go out to a foreign land. Leave Maui, like Lane and Naoko, and go to Miyako Island and Okinawa and plant a church there. Well, that's a missionary. Yeah, we define it, but you know what? We need to define it differently today that you and I are called to be a missionary right where we live, right where we're at, right on this island of Maui, wherever you go, even if you travel, right where you live, right where you work, where you go to school, even where you shop, maybe where you take walks, maybe where you you go diving or you do sports, you play softball, surf, wherever, maybe even where you hang out. You are a missionary sent by God. And I believe God is calling us like never before right now to be a witness for Jesus Christ, to share Jesus, because the time is near. You may say, okay, okay, all right. All right, but I I don't know. How can I share Jesus? How, How can I really do that? Well, let me give you just a few things that perhaps can help you, that you can wrap your mind around. And maybe wherever you're at, whether work or school or you're walking in a park, whatever it is, uh, uh, that maybe your neighborhood, that perhaps maybe you could use these things to try and keep sharing Jesus. First of all, you know what? Start a conversation. Just start a conversation. Hey, how you doing? How's your day? Yeah? Yeah. Um, um, Wow, they, isn't that um, crazy how, oh, the numbers are going up, you know, and just start a conversation, yeah? Maybe what you're doing at work, oh, yeah, how's your work, how's this? Just start a conversation. Perhaps that conversation can lead into other things, yeah? Just start a conversation, just take a step out. Oh, I'm kind of shy. You know what? I was glad someone talked to me about Jesus and wasn't shy, Right? It wasn't shame. Just, just be you. Yeah. You have friends, or sometimes, yeah, you're in a store and you're like, hey, you know, oh, sorry about that. Hey, you know, you make little comments, right? Start a conversation. Another thing you can do is build relationships. I mean, maybe you you see someone all the time when you walk the park. You know, a lot of people will walk Pukulani Park and you you pass each other, and after a while you recognize. Oh, hi, good morning. Yeah. Oh, hi, how are you? Yeah? Oh, oh, I like your dog. You know, you start a conversation. But build a relationship, little by little. Yeah? Um, get to know someone. Let them get to know you. I think the best way of evangelizing is building a relationship. I mean, we can go out and pass out tracts and go street witnessing. But I think the biggest way is to build a relationship with someone. Maybe someone at work. Don't just like, well, I'm only going to talk to the Christians. No, talk to those who aren't Christians. Build a relationship. Get to know them. Ask them about their family. Yeah? Where you live. Yeah? What do you like to do when you're off work? Build a relationship. And perhaps within that, whether in a conversation or, or you're building a relationship, your relationship is building that, you can start sharing Jesus. Number three is plant seeds by sharing Scripture. Yeah. Even like, oh, you know, I, I, um, I, I read this promise, you know, in the Bible, yeah, that that God loves me more than I can understand, or or that God is with me; He never leaves me nor forsakes me. You know, that's the thing about the Lord. Just 
plant a seed with the scripture. Maybe that seed of the word of God will take root and, and sprout in our life. And the last thing, number four, maybe simply pray for someone. You know, someone's, maybe you built a relationship or you see someone, they start sharing a little bit. Or, or maybe you start a conversation, they say something, oh, you know, my shoulders, oh, bus and stuff. You know, is it okay if I pray for you? If you, you know, that's okay. Oh, yeah, I'll pray. Yeah. Just pray. Pray for that person. It's okay. They don't have to hear the gospel, receive Jesus in their heart, get a Bible, and, and, and then go to church, and then I'll pray for you, right? No, just pray for them. I, I remember um, it was a guy, I, um, I know some guys surfing in the water, but there's one particular guy. Um, I don't know, one day we were parked next to each other, and, and he started sharing. And I, I think we were checking out the ways at the harbor, and he was sharing with me, like, oh, you know, I never go for a long time. It's, his back, and he's having these physical problems, things like that. And so I just simply said, hey, can I pray for you? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. So I pray for him. Now I see him again. And how are you? How are you doing? Okay, I'm going to keep praying for you, you know, like that. And then uh, it's funny, too, is this is the Lord. He's like, out of all the people you run into him, you know, out of all the people I know in the water, you run into me at Costco. Oh, how are you, you know? And uh, but then I didn't see him for a long time, and then, then I ran into him. But you know, the next time that I ran into him after a long time, he's talking with God in his conversation. And come to find out, his wife is a believer, goes to church and everything. And, and his speech, like the cussing change and everything, his whole demeanor changed. I mean, he was an animal in water and, and, and crazy, but... It was like, all right, praise the Lord that maybe God, I had a small part, you know, in you bringing this person to you, Jesus. You never know. So start a conversation. Build a relationship. Plant seeds. Just share a scripture, a promise, or something you read. You know, simply just pray for someone. God wants to use us. So we need to resolve to respond in sharing Jesus, because people's lives are at stake, literally. So start living for Jesus by sharing Jesus, you guys. More than ever before, step up. Stop being comfortable in your little bubble here. Yeah. This, what we learn here, is to motivate you, to inspire you, to step out. And today, God is calling every one of us yeah. to start sharing and keep sharing Jesus. And it's important, right, that we show who we are. It's important that we live the life too. And that's part of our witness. And I just want to kind of put a cap on all this that I'm saying with that thought. There's this poem by Arthur McPhee called The Gospel According to You. It goes like this. The Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are, ready, are read by more than a few. But the one that is most read and com commented on is the Gospel according to you. You are writing a Gospel, a chapter every day. By the things that you do and the words that you say, men read what you write, whether faithless or true. Say what is the Gospel according to you. 
Do men read his truth and his love in your life? Or has yours been too full of malice and strife? Does your life speak of evil or does it ring true? Say, what is the gospel according to you? Do you understand what that's saying? People may never read the Bible, but they're going to read you. They're going to see how you live. And they're going to determine what the truth is by you. And I know we're not perfect. And that's okay to admit that too. But we need to really turn from our sin and live in the way God wants us to live. And then be able to share the message of the cross to everyone. So here's our resolve response. Keep sharing Jesus. All right, let's go to number five now. The last heading in this whole section. Number five, keep serving Jesus. Also our last verse today and this section, and that is verse 12. So take a look at verse 12 now. Verse 12 says, Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. So here's Jesus He's speaking now. Switch from the angel back to Jesus. The Lord is speaking. And he's saying, behold. Remember that word. Listen up. Now, pay attention here. Look up. Look look here. You know, it's like our kids, when they were small, we, we were really seriously talking to them. It's not, eyes here. Eyes here, you know. <laughs> Don't be looking around, uh, you know. No, eyes here. Focus. Focus here. That's what Jesus is saying. Listen up. I'm coming soon, Right? I can come immediately. It's, it's going to happen. And then he says this. Jesus says, and when I come, I'm bringing my recompense. The NLT translates that reward. Now, uh, it, maybe it, it could be a bad reward, a judgment on those who don't believe. But I believe that he's really talking about a reward. And so he's really talking to believers. And he's going to repay each one, each believer, on how faithful they had been in serving Jesus in this life before he returns. We know how in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, all believers will stand before the Bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ, which was really an award type of seat in the Olympics, where you go before the judge, they give you that wreath, or today we think about our medals. And so we will be rewarded for how we have been serving Christ. What was done, like Jesus says here, was done for Jesus, for him as believers. Not Now understand, not for salvation. This is after we're saved. And all that we've done after we're saved for the Lord will be tested, right? With fire, whether they're true or not, or, or worthy or, or not, back in 2 Corinthians 5. And so those who hold those eternal values and, and serve God for His glory, um, you know, they're going to be rewarded. And so this will be done by Jesus. He'll reward us. For whatever we do for Jesus, right, will last. Whatever done for Christ will last and will be rewarded with His reward. What's that reward? Well, it could be the crowns. We don't know exactly. Well, how will we be rewarded? Well, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll help 
some sort of, there's some sort of administration system in the final heaven, especially in the millennium, will be able to help. Uh, what would be rewarded with? I think the plain sense is we're going to be in heaven with Jesus. That's going to be great, you know, there too. But um, he will have something special for us. But that's not why we do it. We just want to do God's work for his glory and honor. So, Here's Jesus. For the believer, tomorrow's eternal rewards will be based on faithfulness in serving Jesus today. And that's what's important to understand. That we are serving Jesus. In light of what's coming down the road, what's around the corner, we need to step up and be serving and keep serving Jesus. You know what I was thinking about? Remember when Jesus told the parable of the talents? In Matthew chapter 25, where the master, which is really Jesus in this analogy, uh, left three servants with talents, or what we know is it's money, basically. Money to invest, to put to work and multiply for the master. And we see it as as talents and in ways of serving God to bring spiritual fruit in this analogy. But we know this parable. One of the servants was given five talents. Another one was given two. And the last servant was given one talent. And what I like in Matthew 25, verse 15, it says, to each according to his ability. I like that. So it was was specially customized to each of these servants according to what the master wanted them to do. So the first two, we know the parable, doubled the money, right? The one who had five Ten, one and three got doubled that. But the last servant with the one talent, what did he do? Do you remember? He buried it, right? He buried it in the ground. He didn't invest it. He just buried it. So when the master returned, he, he, he was blessed. He was blessed by the first two servants. And he blessed those two servants who, who brought more. And what did he say? He said, well done, good and faithful servant. And I want you to take note. It wasn't not, it wasn't not so much... Um, uh, about how much they made, but he was blessed by how much they tried, right? How much they put forth in serving him. But the one who buried his talent, what happened? When the master came, the one who buried his talent, what did he do? Oh, I just, he told, he told the master, oh, I just want to bury your talent. Why? Well, he made excuses, right? He insulted the master, calling him, you're such a hard nose, that's why, and and you just require impossible things in my life. But you know what it really was? It was a cover-up. It was a cover-up to his own unfaithfulness and laziness. He just wanted to, what we call what? Redirect the blame, right? To take the heat off of ourselves. And it's sad because you lose what you don't use yeah and that's what happened the master took that one talent gave it to the first servant and banned this unfaithful wicked servant from being part of his his kingdom there here's the thing as believers when we come to christ we naturally want to serve god for his glory it's just part of us when you come to Jesus and you're saved and you, and, and, and you start growing in Him, you, you naturally, because God puts it in our heart, we want to serve God. It's God putting that in us. 
And when we step out, you know, it's God who gives us that ability and, and brings us to different places where he wants us to be according to his will, what he chose us to serve. And wherever he chose us, he gives us that ability to do that. And then you know what I've seen? I've seen the more you do, the more God enables you to do that work for him. And, and I think it's amazing. It's God working that in, in your heart. So understanding that then, as God is calling us yeah. to not only share Jesus, but to continue to serve Jesus in, in furthering the kingdom of God, you guys, this is our last point. Keep serving Jesus, being motivated by the understanding he can return at any moment. Yeah? We want to be the faithful servant. We want to be the ones that God says, hey, good and faithful servant, well done. Yeah. We want to be part of this movement of God in ministry, in the church, and, and wherever that is, to be able to further the kingdom of God in people's lives. We want to receive our rewards. So we got to keep serving. Maybe you need to be reminded of this today. John MacArthur said, The knowledge that Jesus could return at any moment should not lead Christians to a life of idle waiting for his coming. Rather, it should produce diligent, obedient, worshipful service to God. I love that. We need to be diligent in this, you guys. We need to be obedient, obey what God is calling you to do. We need to give it as worshipful service, that, that we're giving glory, worshiping God with how we're serving the Lord. Again, if there's any time to serve God, the time is now because Jesus is coming. And that should motivate us to respond and not just sitting and waiting and, oh, yeah, yeah, I can't wait for Jesus to come back. I can't wait to go home in the rapture. And, you know, just sitting there waiting for Jesus to come, sitting in our comfortable bubble, you know, uh, doing things only when it's convenient to us. No, God is calling us to step up and be part of the mission work that is going on. Will you hear the call of God? Will you heed that? Will you step up and do what he's asked you to do? You know, I understand this, this whole pandemic, yeah? These last few years, it's been hard on all of us. The lockdowns, the the social distancing, the, the fear of this virus. Even now, oh, the numbers of up are up and everything, and, and it's kind of crazy. My wife and I are talking like, wow, this is, this is like, wow, we, 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 we need to be careful. But that should not stop us from serving. We need to get back to serving. Maybe we got comfortable not serving when the whole lockdown happened, and we got comfortable, oh, yeah, staying home, yeah, just staying there, you know. And even when things open up, people still staying there. <laughs> people still, no, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable now here like this. No, it's time, you guys, to, to serve Jesus, to step up. Will you hear the call of God? Have a resolve today to respond to everything that we learn in the book of Revelation. This is a, a crucial time because we're heading toward the end. Perhaps maybe you served in, in the past. Maybe you served here in the past. Perhaps maybe for whatever reason you stopped. 
whether it's the pandemic, maybe something happened, maybe, uh, maybe you're upset at me, I don't know. Maybe you're upset at the church or someone in the church, but you know what, we need to deal with those things, you guys. Perhaps maybe it happened because God wants you to deal with those things because he wants to change your heart. Yeah, I remember um, those situations for me. It's like, God, I want to get out of here. I'm, I'm hurt. I don't like what's going on. And God told me no. And you know what? When God told me no, I thought, okay, that means I got to deal with it. And I had to deal with it in my own heart. Yeah, I had to find the grace to give, the forgiveness to give, I had to love. I, to, I, I came to a place where, God, you know what? I really don't understand agape love. When you say agape one another, love one another, I thought I did, but no, it wasn't agape. Right? We need to deal with those things and not let it stop us in the mission God is giving us. Second John verse 8 says, Watch yourself so that you may not lose what we have worked for but may win a full reward. I love that. There's many needs here at the church. We make announcements time to time. I don't like to like say it all the time because I want to let you know and then maybe the Holy Spirit will spark your heart. But I don't want to like always have this list and always push and always push every Sunday, every Wednesday and all that. Because you know what? I want you to want it. Not just because we beat it over your head, you know. You have to have it in your heart. So have that heart to help out and serve. If you want to serve, just come. Ask us. Ask Pastor Stephen. Ask Rory. We have plenty, I say. I'll say plenty needs in Keiki Church. Just ask us. Step up. Step out. See what God can do in you. Well, I've never done it. I don't know. And we have that fear, don't we? The unknown. We have the fear of, well, I don't know if I can do that. I don't, I've never done that. And we stay in our little comfortable bubble, don't we? But you know what God is saying? Look, I can give you the ability to do that. Where I call you, I will empower you. So no fear. And, and you know what? Maybe the first step is really simple. Come early. Help set up. Help set up. We started the, this, the coffee stuff again. Yeah? Help set up. Help get those things going. Yeah? Or maybe it's a simple thing. Join the prayer in the morning. Maybe that's your mission. Start serving. Yeah? Let me tell you this. If you just step out, even if it's moving chair or help clean up. I mean, I'm watching some of you guys help even at the end of the service. Oh, start help putting things away. Yeah? That's great. You know what I've, I've seen in, in, in the past? When you start like rolling in this, God's going to begin to move you and help you. I've seen that. It's like a car that, you know how it's hard to turn the car unless the car's rolling? Yeah. And, you know, if the power steering or the engine's dead, it's hard to turn the wheel. But if you can just push the car in neutral, get it rolling, you, you can start moving the wheel. That's what happens in our life. So get moving. God will guide you into how he, he wants to use you and what talent, so to speak, that He wants you to serve in. All right. Let's, all, let's take all that we learn in the book of Revelation and let it move us, Okay. To keep sharing Jesus. Keep serving Jesus. To live like Jesus might come at any moment. 
to live like we started this morning. To live as if today is your last day to live. Think about it that way. I'll bring that back. This was the last day to live and Jesus was coming early tomorrow morning. How would you live? Yeah? What would you do? That's the idea. That's the result. And you know what? When you live like that, you will be a part of affecting people's lives, of furthering the kingdom. You will change the lives that are around you. I'll close with this. On November 10, 2015, Jamie Lynn Knighton um, uh, was holding her crying infant at the register paying for her groceries, but her credit card was declined. De- declined. And um, there was a long line behind her, and, and, and in the, the pressure and stress of the moment, she, she tried to call her bank but couldn't get a hold of them. Well, behind her was this man, 28-year-old Matthew Jackson, who actually came to the rescue. He saw what was going on, and so right away, he paid for the whole bill, over $200. When uh, Jamie Lynn told him that she would pay him back, he just said, you know what, no worries, pay it forward. You know what that means. (laughs) Yeah, next time, pay for someone else in front of you in line. Just pay it forward. One week later, uh, Jamie Lynn was inspired to call Matthew's work and tell them what he had done for her. Uh, Back then at the grocery store, he had told her his name and where he worked. He worked at this local gym. When she shared what he had done, the woman on the other end of the line just began to sob and cry. the, The woman on the phone just started crying. Well, the woman told Jamie Lynn that Matthew Jackson had been killed in a car accident less than 24 hours after Matthew had paid for her groceries. In a Facebook post, Jamie Lynn wrote, Live every day to its fullest. Do kind things for people. Love with every fiber of your being. Help whenever help is needed. Restore others' faith in humanity during this very hard time in the world. Isn't that good? We got to live life to our fullest. I mean, I, I was, when I read that, I go, wow, I'm, I'm sure Jamie Lynn was forever impacted by what Matthew did for her. Well, let us do the same and forever impact those around us. You know, let us restore, like backslidden, the, the broken, the struggling in their faith. Let us restore that faith for them in Jesus. Jesus will return soon. and It means these end time events are around the corner that we read about in the book of Revelation. It will happen just as God said here in the book of Revelation. So may the very fact what we study, motivate us, inspire us to live the resolve response. Let's pray. Jesus, your word is powerful, God. It's convicting our hearts, Lord. Your Holy Spirit is moving upon us, and we just want to repent before you, God. Lord, we want to rise up from our bubble of comfortableness, 
living by what's convenient to us. God, we want to step up, step out to share your love, God, and to serve your mission. Lord, we don't want to be idle anymore and just watch things. We want to be part of the work, God. We want to one day hear our faithful efforts, God, are rewarded. With, to me, that's the reward when you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Just to know that we pleased you, that I pleased you and did everything I could and in the ability you gave me in the best way I could to serve you and to do the things you asked me to do. Lord, I know I've failed many times and thank you for your grace and forgiveness in that. But those things should not stop me from continuing on to go forward. And Lord, let it not stop any of us. Now is the time to share your love. Now is the time to serve you. And God, I pray that you would raise up an army, God, of people, that you raise up this church like an army, Lord, that we would share Jesus, that your, your light would shine like a, like a city on a hill, God, that this little church on the side of this mountain would, would, would glow brightly with you, Jesus, in your love. Oh, Lord, sometimes we don't know what to do. Sometimes we don't know where to go. Sometimes we're filled with fear, but Lord, when you call us, when you call us by our name, Lord, when you say, no, it's all right, come, let us trust that it's going to be okay, that you will meet us where we're at, that you will help us and strengthen us. Sometimes it's hard. We think we need the perfect words to say or uh, uh some sort of degree to share Jesus or to just quote a scripture, but God, you just want to use us as who we are. Start a conversation. Build a relationship. Plant a seed with a scripture or, or just simply pray for someone. Anyone can do that. And that's what you're telling us, Lord. So give us strength in these things. And God, may our lives, everything we do, God, every day, daily, may it be worship to you. May what we say, what we think, the actions we take, the giving we give, God, the love, Lord, that we share, Jesus, may you be magnified and glorified in it all. Lord, we don't want Satan, our enemy, to stop us in what you want us to do. We don't want to play his games. We don't want to give in to him. And even though the battle may be hard, we want to keep fighting, Lord. So be magnified in all that we do. Here we are, Lord. Surrendered to you. In Jesus' name, amen.